Good morning. Welcome to the MTG Brawl Show. I am your host, Juan the Magic Man Gonzalez. This is like take 15. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Merfolken Brawlers. Merfolk Tribal Deck Tech. So let's jump right into it. Uh, leading the pack, we have Kumena, Tyrant of Oraska. Kumena is a... 2-4 legendary creature Merfolk Shaman. She costs one colorless, one green, and one blue. She has three rules of text on us, two of which are helping our strategy out a whole bunch. So the first one is tap another untapped Merfolk you control. Kumena can't be blocked this turn. That might come into handy every once in a while, but uh, for the most part, we're just totally going to ignore that top rule of text at number two we've got pretty nice card draw uh tap three untap merfolk you control draw card <laughs> and then number three tap five untapped merfolk you control put a one one counter on each merfolk you control and that's our strategy we're going to draw a lot of cards put a bunch of counters on our merfolk try to make them all really big and then swing through unblockable and draw a bunch more cards. We're trying to beat our opponents with value. Just card draw engine, a bunch of creatures hitting nonstop every turn, and then untapping those creatures and defending ourselves. <coughs> Sorry about that. So uh, let's jump into it. I broke this down into ramp, card draw, 1-1 counter manipulation, protection, and a couple of all-star cards that just help our strategy. So for ramp, um, we only have five ramp spells. These are the only ones that I could really see doing anything. Uh, first, we got Growing Rights of Itlamok. So, not only are we getting some ramp, but we're going to get to search those top four cards of our library. <clears throat> and then nothing's going in the graveyard. Hopefully we flip that, you know. I mean, that's a... Hopefully turn three, we have Growing Rights of Itlamok flipped over. And we're gaining a lot of... A lot of uh, mana off of that. But... Okay, next up... Uh, Wayward Swordtooth, so we're going to be drawing a ton of cards, and hopefully we're going to get to play additional lands every turn, you know, that's, that's the game plan, we don't have a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of mana rock, I mean, there's just not a lot available that you would actually play, you know, um, yeah, there's Manalith, three for one mana, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not liking it. So we got a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on. We got uh, Dowsing Dagger. We're gonna be making most of our creatures unblockable. You know, um, that's one of the main strategies. So with Dowsing Dagger, you have to create two zero two plant creature tokens with Defender, and uh, they go straight to an opponent. But zero twos, we're going unblockable. We don't care about that. Um, you know, even if, give it, give it to whoever's doing the worst, and uh, maybe, maybe you get a little bit political pull off of this, but I doubt that. So, uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus one, 
And whenever equipped creature deals damage to a player, you may transform Dowsing Dagger. And that's what we care about the most. You know, our creatures are going to be unblockable. We cast Dowsing Dagger for two. Everybody sees this little crappy artifact that we still have to do some work in to flip. <clears throat> and then we equip it for two. Attack right away and go right in for the flip. And then it's transforming into Lost Veil. So we're adding three mana of any one color to our mana pool. Yeah, I think this, you know, two, you're ending up spending four mana that you don't have to do in one turn. But uh, you're getting three mana off of it. I like that a hell of a lot better than Manalith. <clears throat> and I do not think it's going to be hard to transform. So, um, you know, that's, to me, that's a better deal. That, the Growing Rite of Itlamok. Um, and then we have Hada's Climb. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. Then if the creature has three or more 1-1 counters, we're going to be putting 1-1 counters on everything anyway. So this is either going to help us out or transform <clears throat> uh, right away. So if there are already three or more 1-1 counters on it, transform it. Um, and then that flips over into add one mana of any color to your mana pool. It's just one. But I still like it. You know, it costs three. And it's only tapping for one, just like Manalith. But it's going to put some 1-1 counters on some stuff if we need it to. And then it has the added text of one colorless, one green, one blue, tap. Target creature you control gains flying and gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is its power. So we might need this to finish some people off, you know. Um, I just like, I liked a lot of these flip lands, man. Even the, the one I can't think of the name, but uh, the green black where it cost five to um, cast, cost five to bring a creature back from your graveyard to play. I you know, I, I love that. I put it in my Marin deck, and, you know, everybody tells me that it's way too much. And it might be way too much to pay, but it's always there. It's always there. So you're not losing anything, you know? Somebody gets rid of your Shieldred or your Marin or whatever, then uh, there you go. Five mana, you're back in the game. Um, yeah, I loved these flip lands. I bought... Bought a whole bunch of them. Uh, definitely get the Growing Rights of Itlamok. You know, <clears throat> I think it might... What is Growing Right of Itlamok up to? Okay, it's still around $5. I bought these at about 4 but... Um, you know, I think after Standard rotates out, it might dip down a little bit, but in 5 to 10 years, I at least $10, I would think. Unless they reprint it, but I think at least $10. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think 10 years, if these things don't see a reprint in 10 years, they're a uh, big business, but you know, they couldn't reprint Gaia's Cradle, so what are they going to do, print more cards like this, or just keep printing this one into the dirt? That is the risk you are going to have to decide to make, but I bought a whole bunch of them. <clears throat> okay, and then last in ramp. We have Rishkar Pima Renegade, and we're going to be talking about that a little later after our 1-1 counters. So, <laughs> let's jump into some card draw. Um, 
What do we got? We got Jade Light Ranger, Seafloor Oracle, Tishana, Valley of Thunder, Open into Wonder, Rishkar's Expertise, Lifecrafter's Bestiary, Growing Rites of Itlamok. Yeah, I'm counting it. We're getting to search through four and grab a creature. So, I like it. Path of Discovery. That's another weird one. And Kumena Tyrant of Oroska. So, yeah, our general tapping three merfolk. We're going to draw a card. Uh, we've been over that. But let's jump into a weird one. Path of Discovery. So, three colorless, one green enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it explores. And exploring is revealing the top card of your library. You put that card into your hand if it's a land. So, hopefully that's going to... Get those extra lands when we have Wayward Swordtooth out. Otherwise, put a 1-1 counter on that creature. Um, you know, this is going to help us draw our lands. But if not, it's going to help us with the 1-1 counters. So you can count that as card draw if you want or not. I know most of the time you're going to just be putting 1-1 counters. But uh, I really like that. I really like really like path of discovery um but you know we got a ton better card draw spells so let's jump into that rishkar's expertise talking about putting one one counters on our creatures hopefully we're getting our creatures up to six seven power and toughness at the minimum rishkar's expertise draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control and then you may cast a card with converted mana cost 5 or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. <clears throat> I mean, this thing turned into an EDH staple right away, you know. I mean, basically, you know, you don't always have something that you want to cast for 5. But you end up spending 3, you know, 4, 3, 2 mana for... Um, Drawing a ton of cards, you know, EDH especially, you're going to have big creatures. And then uh, minus the minus the cost of what you were going to cast after that, you're drawing some cards, you know, you can draw for one. Great card. I don't have to tell you guys, though, I'm rambling on too much about that. Okay, so Jade Light Ranger, when it enters the battlefield, it explores, and then it explores again. <clears throat> so... Yeah, we've been over the explore mechanic. It's semi-card draw, but I'm counting it. And, uh, you know, if, if it doesn't do the card draw, it hits our 1-1 counter manipulation. So we're good with that. Now, this card, I'm going to be transforming this deck tech into an EDH deck tech that I'll be doing later. Um, this card is 9 dollars and 90 cents on tcg mid right now so if you were gonna not get any card this would be the one i wouldn't get because i do not, it's not making it to the edh deck tech it's definitely one of the cards that's getting cut if you have one of these that you're not using for anything else i mean it's just another merfolk and it's filler you know but nine dollars and 90 cents definitely not worth that. Must be doing something in standard, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I don't really like this card, but uh, it works as 
semi-good filler, serves some purposes, so uh, leave it at that. If you want to buy it, you buy it. If not, just skip over it. I wouldn't spend $10 on it. Okay, so let's get into Seafloor Oracle. It gets a little bit more interesting. Whenever a merfolk you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So whenever a merfolk you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Hopefully we're going to be drawing, you know, four or five cards a turn off of this. That's what we're going for, we're hoping. <clears throat> um, and then we'll get into a little later how we're going to make all of our merfolk unblockable. Tishana, Voice of Thunder. Um, you know, this costs seven. And when it comes in, it's got power and toughness equal to the cards in your hand. You don't have a maximum hand size. So this kind of helped me sway into having this card in the deck. It, we don't have a Reliquary Tower. And, you know, I mean, our game plan is to draw a ton of cards. And there's no recursion in this deck. So, <clears throat> um, we're going to need Tishana. But... Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card for each creature you control. So we're making some tokens. We got a lot of low-cost merfolk. Hopefully we got some creatures out there. We draw, draw another, you know, five to ten cards. So, pretty expensive, late game. Hopefully draw some cards and keep your cards in your hand. Um, then let's get into Lifecraft Crafter's Bestiary. This is, you know, this is in two or three of my EDH decks. It's a three costing artifact, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. And then whenever you cast a creature spell, you may pay green if you do draw a card. I really like that. That scry on the upkeep, you know, I mean, it really helps out with knowing what you're going to get, you know, helping to filter through. Um, and for three, I don't think it's that bad. We will see, you know, I'm guess these games are quicker brawl compared to EDH. I mean, we play very casual EDH, so, uh, unless you're playing super competitive, our brawl games tend to go a lot quicker than our EDH games, but, <laughs> um, yeah, Rishkar's expertise, or, uh, Life Crafter's bestiary, sorry about that. I like it. Um, as soon as these rotate out, I'm planning on getting a whole bunch to keep in my collection. And then, uh, of course, Kumena is drawing cards, tapping three merfolk, and we're drawing a card. But let's get into one of our one of our uh, surprise cards here. Open into wonder. Remember when we said we needed some creatures to be unblockable? Well, this is one way to do it. It's an uncommon, but uh, X, two, blue. X target creatures can't be blocked this turn. Until end of turn, those creatures gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So there we go. You know, you're paying seven to get the five cards out of it. or you know, And we're getting damage through. We're putting the one-one counters on these creatures making them bigger, this is the whole game plan. It's not the only way we're gonna make them unblockable, but this is just our ace in the hole. Draw some cards, and hit people with these semi-big creatures. 
Okay, we got through card draw. Let's do some 1-1 one, one counter manipulation. So, uh, you know, we got... Uh, um, we got the Jade Light Ranger that explores, and we got Path of Discovery that explores, so that's only working half the time. And then we had talked about Hadama's Climb. Uh, it's going to be putting some 1-1 one, one counters until we flip it. And then uh, let's go to Deep Root Elite. Nice Merfolk Tribal Synergy. Whenever a Merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 one, one counter on target Merfolk you control. So, you know, we can either keep all of the 1-1 one, one counters on our creatures or we can bump one up really big. <clears throat> you know, all this, all this deck is missing. It's like Triumph of the Hordes or... Uh, Grafted exoskeleton, you know. Now, only if those were legal. Hopefully, they bring bring infect back. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, but yeah, that that card's working great to put our one one counters on. Um, so let's jump into metallic mimic. Uh, Six dollar fifty cent card. It's a Two costing artifact, two one shapeshifter. As Metallic Mimic enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Merfolk. Metallic Mimic is the chosen type in addition to its other ch types. Each other creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield with an additional one one counter on it. So if this was already out and you have Deep Root Elite, you only need one one counters on the, you know, one 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 counter on there. So let's make make a couple of these really big and just distribute the one one counters straight to straight to two or three creatures, you know, make them big. Everything else has got the one one counters on it because we're gonna need that to draw a bunch of cards and make our creatures unblockable. Um and then of course Kumena, you know, tap five on tap Merfolk, and each Merfolk you control gets a one one counter. <coughs> Sorry, I've been sick the past couple days. Um, so let's get into Strength of the Pact. Yeah, Strength of the Pact. Four colorless, two green for a sorcery. Put two 1-1 one, one counters on each creature you control. So this is nice. Um, it's expensive and it's a sorcery and it might be getting cut in the EDH deck tech. Spoilers. But, uh, yeah, we, this is going to help us out in this format. So, nothing else to say about that. But let's talk about some ways we're going to be abusing 1-1 one, one counters. We got uh, Herald of the Secret Streams. So, Herald of the Secret Streams is a three-colorless blue 2-3 Merfolk Warrior. And it says, creatures you control with 1-1 one, one counters on them can't be blocked. Not only good in Atraxa, it's good in this deck too, huh? Um, yeah, that's going to make our, all our creatures unblockable, and hopefully we're going to be draw, drawing some cards off of it, and of course just dwindling everybody's life totals down turn after turn after turn after turn after turn. <clears throat> so, uh, not a lot to that, but let's jump into Rishkar Pima Renegade. We said we would talk about him later, let's talk about him now. 
So when he enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on each of up to two target creatures you control. So a little bit of 1-1 counter manipulation. Nothing uh, too big, but... He also has the text of each creature you control with a 1-1 counter on it has tap to add a green to your mana pool. So, how are we going to abuse that? Well, we're going to be drawing a lot of cards, right? And then we're going to be tapping all of our merfolk to draw cards or put 1-1 counters, or now we can tap them for straight mana. And then... Uh, we're playing Paradox Engine, so whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. We're going to have that mana, and hopefully if we do it smart and we get lucky on our card draw, we can drop 10 cards a turn. I mean, it's value town. Uh, that's what we're going for. Okay, now let's jump into Protection. We got uh, Coppola, Warden of Waves, Swift, Warden, Disallow, Disappearing Act, Heroic Intervention, and Field of Ruin. So, uh, I love Disallow. I think, you know, anybody who plays EDH likes... It. It's just... It, it's always the activated or triggered abilities that get you. It's always, for me, it's always the triggered abilities. I need to stop at least that one a turn to stay in the game. So holding this in our hand, especially when you're drawing a lot of cards and it's not just a dead card in your hand for the whole game, I mean, this just helps us. Um, it helps our Paradox Engine stay intact. Uh, we're going to be playing Throne of the God Pharaoh because our creatures are going to be tapping every turn. We're going to be tapping her creatures. That is the point. We're either going to be attacking or we're going to be using them for value. So, Throne of the God Pharaoh. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses life equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. Each opponent. So, that's going to help dwindle the life total down so we can tap our creatures for uh, other things if we don't have Paradox Engine. And then still attack with a couple, but they're still taking damage. So, yeah, I'm loving Disallow. And then Disappearing Act. Um, I was using this one. You know, it's one colorless, one blue, one blue, counter target spell. And then you have to return a permanent you control to its hand, to its owner's hand. Um, so, you know, we're just going to, we're going to bounce, bounce something that's given us an enter the battlefield ability. I mean, that's that's uh, just helping us out a little bit. I'm not looking at that as a negative. That's only positive. So, um, And then let's get talk about Copella, Warden of Waves. This is $1.50 right now. It's one colorless blue-blue. Spells your opponents cast that target a merfolk you control cost two more to cast. Abilities your opponents activate that target a merfolk you control cost two more to activate. You know, a lot of these merfolk cards, when we get into the EDH deck tech, are pretty uh, pretty expensive. Um, you know, they're older cards, but uh, there there's a lot of pretty expensive merfolk. And, you know, one day... Uh, all I'm trying to say is when this rotates out of standard, if this thing goes to 50 cents, I would buy a couple of them, you know, 
You might want to build a merfolk deck yourself. You might build a cube where you're doing tribal cube. Throw it in there. Um, this is a hell of a good tribal card. So um, I'm glad it was in standard. This is going to help keep our stuff safe. <clears throat> okay. Um, so let's get into some removal here. We got Creeping Mold, Prey Upon, and Crook of Condemnation. So Crook of Condemnation, you know, this is definitely not a fancy flashy card, but uh, pay one, tap, exile target card from a graveyard, or pay one, exile Crook of Condemnation, exile all cards from all graveyards. This is going to stop the Scarab God, and this is going to stop uh, Mold... Moldrotha or whatever's coming out in uh, Dominaria. So uh, you just got to have a way to deal with it. You know, it's just sitting in your deck and it's there when you need it. So that's our only way to deal with a graveyard. Um, let's get into some of the rem actual removal here. We got Creeping Mold. So this is a sorcery for four, two colorless and two green. Not very exciting, but destroy target artifact, enchantment, or land. We're definitely going to need the ability to, to destroy that land. And it's, I, I don't know, this, you know, we're hoping to get a lot of mana. So this is definitely a little bit more versatile than anything else out there right now. You know, just the ability to get rid of that land is an added bonus. And with all these flip lands... You're just going to need to think about putting it in there. So I'm throwing Creeping Mold in. And then we got Field of Ruin. It's another land that just destroys the land. Pay 2, tap, sacrifice Field of Ruin, destroy target non-basic land, and opponent controls, and then each player searches their library for a basic land card. Sometimes you're going to need to give each player a basic land just to get rid of something that's affecting you. So, um, yeah, when we're flipping into Gaia's Cradles, that's a big deal. You gotta have some way of dealing with that. These are sitting at 450 right now. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if these actually ever do go down a whole lot more. So, uh, you know, maybe wait till standard rolls out, but I pick one up for the format. You can throw this into any deck, it's colorless. And it doesn't come into play tapped, so that's just an added bonus. Okay. So on the uh, last part of our episode today, we're going to be talking about our magical Christmas land scenario. So we're going to hopefully have Metallic Mimic or Deep Root Elite out early, turn two, hopefully. And then it's going to take a while. We're not going off by turn four or five, but uh, by turn six or seven, we want Herald of the Secret Streams and Seafloor Oracle out. They're going to be drawing us a ton of cards. And then we're going to have Rishkar, Rishkar and Paradox Engine out. And we're like I said, we're hopefully going to play like 10 cards a turn, you know, 15 cards a turn. Magical Christmas Land, right? Let's go with 15. And then our army is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger while we attack into everyone. And, uh, you know, then we're doing all of our card drawing, tapping our creatures, and 
letting uh, letting Throne of the God Pharaoh do its job. So, yeah, that's the end. That's that's the end of the episode. Uh, you know, our magical Christmas land. Hopefully, that works every once in a while. Like I said earlier in the episode. We are going to be turning this into an EDH deck. I've already turned it into a deck. I should be doing the uh, the episode for that um, probably in a couple days or so. I'm going to do some of the top 10 colored lists here before I do that. Um, so yeah, follow me on whatever Anchor or Apple iTunes or... Spotify, whatever. Just remember, come back if you want to hear about that deck tech. Um, I will see you guys then. And, you know, if you want to hear more of these episodes, like my channel and subscribe however you can. I am going, or I'm on Twitter right now at UTB Game Co. Um, and I'll be getting all the other social stuff and starting an actual podcast. Uh, I got to figure out how to, right now I'm recording into Audacity, and when I do, it doesn't let me up export the file, so right now I'm recording on the phone, but uh, pretty soon I'm going to be recording on the uh, microphone and actually doing some editing, so I'll probably be doing an actual podcast and to YouTube instead of just recording on Anchor and letting it go all over the place. But uh, that was the episode. Hope you liked it. 30 minutes of your time gone by. You guys have a good week, and I will be talking to you here in a couple days. Bye.